Hello, and welcome to the Zonta on the Move podcast, brought to you by the Zonta Club of the Joliet area. I'm Lisa Pappas, your host for today, along with our co-hosts, Pat Perrier and Bonnie Winfrey. Hello, ladies. Hello. Together, we are the PR committee for the Joliet Zonta Club. One of the goals for the podcast is to feature some of the amazing advocacy work that Zonta Clubs around the world have accomplished. For today's episode, we are starting close to home in Kankakee, Illinois which is about 40 miles south of us here in Joliet. Our club has long admired the 2016 domestic violence and human trafficking awareness campaign that the Kankakee Club put on. The club partnered with a local trucking company to wrap semis with the Zonta International Zonta Says No slogan and hotline contact information. And then the trucking company trained drivers on how to spot potential human trafficking. We're going to be talking to two people who were instrumental in this endeavor. Rhonda Thomas, who was club president at the time, and Steve Hoekstra, owner and president of Hoekstra Transportation. We'll start with our first guest, Rhonda Thomas. Rhonda has been an accountant and controller in the automotive industry for 22 years and a member of the Kankakee Area Zonta Club since 2005. She was club president from 2014 to 2017, has served in several other board positions and is currently the assistant treasurer and co-chair of the service committee. And through her membership with Zonta, she also became involved with two local agencies, Clove Alliance as a 40-hour trained volunteer working with survivors of sexual assault, and then Harbor House as a 40-hour trained volunteer working with survivors of domestic violence. Let's welcome Rhonda to the show. Welcome, Welcome. Rhonda. (laughs) Nice to hear you again. Yeah, (laughs) Rhonda, thank you so much for for being here with us. We're really excited to talk to you. But before we jump into into the amazing initiative that your club conducted, can you tell us what drew you to becoming involved in Zonta? Um, As you mentioned, I have a long um, work career in accounting and uh, the automotive industry, which at times has been stressful and I found myself going to work every day, getting up, you go to work, you go home, you get up and, or, and you tend to take things home with you and, uh, it just builds stress. And, um, actually my mother-in-law has been, uh, a member of our Zonta club in Kankakee for 40 some years. Oh my gosh. And she just saw me getting into this situation where I was getting stressed and, she told me, you know what, you need Zanta. And she had our whole family involved in our fundraisers and that before I was even a member. Um, but I, I went to one meeting and I just, I was hooked right right then and there. And I would have to say that the service aspect of Zanta was what really drew me in, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. I started volunteering with Harbor House and Clove Alliance and working with clients, and that just really was so fulfilling to me that that's um, kind of how it all how it all began. It's wonderful. I mean, I'd love to go back to talking about um, your work with with Clove Alliance and Harbor House, um, but I want to talk a little bit more about Zanta. Um, I, I think you've held some some other roles beyond the club level. Is that correct? 
Yes, I actually, well, the first year I joined Zanta, they put me right in <laughs> with uh, co-chairing the fundraisers. And uh, so I got involved in the committee work then, and um, I held the treasurer office, assistant treasurer, treasurer, and then I went through, our club has a six-year presidential kind of um, progression where you're vice president, president Mm -hmm. elect, and then president each two-year terms. So that sixth year, and actually then I took an extra year of um, being president due to the president elect um, not being, um, had some health issues. So um, I had an extra year there. So that was actually seven years. And then I became the service committee chair after serving as president, and um, I basically have stayed in that role with a co-chair, and this year I'm circling back around to uh, working with the treasurer as assistant treasurer. I think that's what I like about Zanta is that we don't, although I did the same thing you did when I got in, they were like, oh, you are going to do this, and I said, sure, <laughs> Zanta, Zantans always say yes, right? <laughs> and I that's think right. that... Um, our plan of succession is so well structured in all of our clubs that you sure. never feel like you're walking into something blind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So one of the things I heard you say, you were talking about the fundraisers that you were a part of. Um, I imagine some creative thoughts or creative designs were kind of put together for those. Can you tell us about some of them that were executed? So... When I first started, uh, our club was well known for its international wine and gourmet food taste. Mm -hmm. And we would go and uh, get wines and all sorts of different um, clever little, little like dips and appetizer type things mostly. Um, And then we would have hundreds of people that would come. Um, but that kind of with the introduction of the Internet and being able to just order whatever you want online, mm-hmm. it kind of burnt itself out. So mm-hmm. we've done some some other um, interesting fundraising things like a Shilly Shally, which was um, kind of uh, introducing hidden gems in our community and offering tours to the community to do that. Um, we've had... Our um, this year we did a German fest. Mm-hmm. We've had wow. a um, trying to think of what we've done the, the past couple of years, and I'm I'm drawing a little bit of a blank. But um, we basically have had like shopping and holiday um, different events that um, people could come to and we would offer vendors and that sort of thing. I think it's been hard for all of us. We've all had, especially with the pandemic, too, our fundraising has all kind of been impacted by that and our ability to be out even doing service projects. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, your club is really well known in the area for really being able to think outside of the box. That's a great thing. (laughs) We've definitely had to learn how to adapt (laughs) Over the past few years, that's been our our key word is being able to meet people (laughs) where they're at because uh, it's been challenging. Well, I know your club is very successful. You also have um, a large membership. 
Um, I believe we rival each other um, on a regular basis for who has the most um, number of members. It's a friendly rivalry. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely friendly. Yes, we're all part of the same district, so so we're all friendly. Um, so, um, Rhonda, thank you for your dedication to your club. You've you've um, you've obviously done a lot of wonderful things there. Um, and as you know, International Zante International is wrapping up its annual 16 days of activism um, awareness campaign. Zanta says no to violence against women. Can you tell us a little bit more about the worldwide campaign and maybe some of the things that your club has participated in to support it? Except, sure, except um, for the except for the big the big one that we want to <laughs> reveal later. Well, and and that wasn't actually part of our um, 16 days of activism. Okay. So for the 16 days of activism, we've done a lot of different things. Um, Starting with when we when we first launched the 16 Days of Activism, we would go out in the community and get um, well-known um, gentlemen to hold our Zanta Says No campaign uh, oh, signs nice. Nice. and have them talk about you know what that means to them and and basically had a social media campaign of. Um, these men who who had a lot of influence in the community and try and raise awareness that way. Um, I would say we probably did that for four or five years. Uh, then we did um, yard signs, mm -hmm. which we kind of, I'm sure you are aware, we worked together with the whole area and had similar yard signs and, and got them in businesses um, this year, our club is really doing a great job on the 16 Days of Activism. We had a lot of local businesses either put Zanta Says No messages on their um, their signs, you know, the electronic signs mm -hmm. that they have in front of their businesses, or light their business orange on the exterior. exterior. We had the um, courthouse and um, some businesses in um, Bourbonnais, um had done that for us, and we posted pictures of those on social media. Uh, we also had um, worked with trying to get um, like proclamations and, and just different different businesses and local um, governments to recognize our Zanta says no to violence against women campaign. It's wonderful. So um, the, the campaign starts on November 25th, which is a day that the United Nations has deemed as the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. And it concludes on December 10th, which is Human Rights Day. And there are clubs all over the world that participate um, in activities to bring awareness to domestic violence and gender-based violence. Um, some of the things that our club has done for this campaign, um, like you, includes um, social media blitzes, yard signs distributed throughout our community. We put banners on bridges and in front of businesses. And we did the same thing three years ago. We lit up the Will County Courthouse building with orange lights. Orange is the color of this um, campaign. Um, this year, um, in addition to all of that, we held a march and a rally on November 22nd um, in downtown Joliet, complete with a drum line from um, the local high school. Um, we had local elected officials um, speak, and we honored local women and children who lost their lives to domestic violence. It was a really powerful and moving event with dozens of people taking time out of the middle of their day 
um, to bring attention to a really serious problem. It wow. actually made the front page of the Herald News um, as, wow. as a cover story. And it was on a Tuesday. So mm-hmm. Tuesday at noon, people took time yeah. to come out and be part of these events, not only the speakers and not only, you know, the the luminaries in the town that we contacted, but people yeah. stood Local up residents and said, I'm going to do this. Yeah, it was really wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, Rhonda, now we'll get to the meat of this. Um, your club did something a few years ago. I thought it was with this awareness campaign, but it sounds like it was just a general um, awareness campaign. Um, but it really took things to the next level. Um, can you talk to us about about what you guys did? Sure. So to give you some background, our club in 2016 was celebrating its 60th anniversary. Okay. Uh, of the of the founding of our club, so we were having a celebration for the club's anniversary, and we decided that you know to add to the celebration and to actually make an impact in the community around our 60th anniversary celebration, we wanted to uh, find a project that had some real meaning to it to Mm -hmm. talk about at the celebration. So we started, uh, I'm sure, I know, Pat, you know Yvonne Chalfant. I'm I'm not sure, Bonnie and Lisa, if you you do. Yes, Yes, Yvonne Um, is a force of nature. (laughs) (laughs) He's a former uh, Zonta Club of Kankakee president and also former... Uh, District 6 governor. Mm-hmm. Great. And she and I were working together on trying to come up with a project. And we had, um, we served also um, together. We both worked with the Clove Alliance. And uh, we had heard about the Truckers Against Trafficking. And, mm-hmm. and our club and, and Zanta have had human trafficking on their radar um, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Actually, the Zanta Says No campaign actually started in 2012. It was launched by Zanta. Okay. Yeah, so I think that was at in, a, in one of the first conferences I went to. We had a speaker from right. Springfield talk about human trafficking mm-hmm. in Illinois. I don't know if you were, I right. think I might have met you at that conference. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Dad. <laughs> So our idea was um, to find something in uh, in human trafficking to raise awareness. And we had um, Yvonne was actually on the board of uh, it was Casey Casa, which was a Kentucky County Center against sexual assault at that time with a gentleman by the name of Jake Lee. And Jake Lee was employed by Hookster Transportation. And so Yvonne reached out to Jake and asked him about um, the Truckers Against Trafficking and Hookster Transportation. And our thought was to come up with some training materials or something to have at truck stops to raise awareness about human trafficking and and possibly bring in um, the transportation industry and try and do something along that line. And Jake's response to Yvonne was, you need to meet Steve Hoekstra. Oh. And so he set up a breakfast meeting for Yvonne and myself and Jake and Steve Hoekstra. And this is when the conversation really took place about um, the fact that Hoekstra Transportation had done some um, other um, awareness um, 
or projects, right, that were um, wrapped trailers, the semi-trailers that they pulled, they wrapped them with other messages, and they thought, this is going to be, you know, a really powerful way to to take this message out on the road. Mm -hmm. Why don't we wrap a semi-trailer with this message? So we literally were stunned and uh, <laughs> all on board immediately. It took some time to put the um, everything together. It was not just Hookster Transportation. Steve, Steve Hookstra was pivotal in this, but he leveraged um, his relationships with uh, Truckers Against Trafficking. We had to have their logo mm-hmm. um, and also worked with his um, art um contacts to put that together the graphic artist that that did the designs and that you know he already had used them so these were his contacts and uh he spearheaded the entire um, process of designing and laying out and we had input we went to zonta international to make sure that we had their permission to do that. Mm -hmm. And they were like, absolutely, you know, (laughs) this is great. Um, Just go. And so um, that's how, that's how the whole project started. And it wouldn't have ever been able to happen if it weren't for the generosity of Hookstra Transportation and Steve Hookstra's vision. So Rhonda, how many trucks are we talking about? So we actually um, started talking about one, mm-hmm. and then um, we we had no idea for quite some time what what it cost to do this. And mm-hmm. honestly, to this day, I still don't know what the actual <laughs> cost is because, again, Steve, Steve leveraged his contacts mm-hmm. and um, said, you know what, I, I want to take care of this, but I want you to have basically, um, you know, skin in the game, so to speak, that you actually, you know, raise money and do something to to help um, make this project happen as well. So mm-hmm. he gave us a number, which was, I, I have no idea how much or what it actually paid for. But um, we said, okay, we can do this. So um, I was president at the time and took this proposal to our board meeting and um, said we need to raise this much money for this uh, wrapping of a semi-trailer that's going to have the, the human trafficking. Zonta says no awareness, um, the human trafficking hotline phone number and uh, information about the Zonta Club of Kankakee, our logos. And uh, they were like, you're kidding, right? And and I'm like, no, this is real. This is how much money we have to raise. And this was just a board meeting, not a full meeting. Sure. Um, And we raised more than enough money for that trailer just at the board meeting. Oh, wow. That's great. I went back to Steve and said, okay, we've done this. And he's like, well, I'm going to do one you can do the next one. And then when I went to the club, we raised enough money that we actually did a third trailer. Oh, so that we is have awesome. A total of oh, three my goodness. Trailers. That's great. 
That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a great, I mean, it's something that's so visceral and so impactful that I couldn't could imagine. You say no? Yeah, I right. couldn't imagine you coming to no our to board at like Zanta that. and they would go, no, I don't think so. Because <laughs> yeah. that message is going yeah. everywhere. I mean, yeah. We just all cried. It was, yeah. it was so powerful. Yeah. What was it like to actually see that that slogan on trucks? What did that feel like? Um, an indescribable <laughs> sense of pride. Yeah, mm, I, I bet. And, I bet and hope because you you don't know who's going to see it that's or right. who it's going to touch mm-hmm. or whose life it will change. But mm-hmm. that's why it's there because it's bound to. I mean, there's it's just such a a huge, huge problem in our, in our world and our country that, mm-hmm. um, we, we know that it's touching people. We just don't know how, how, or to what extent. Right. And I think way back in 2012, when I heard that, um, gentleman from S- Springfield speak, I had a really bad case of this can't possibly be happening here. Right. But here, like mm-hmm. in Joliet. Mm-hmm. Right. And, he looked at us with this kind of look on his face like, well, I'm just about to burst your bubble, ladies, right. because it's from the top of the state to the bottom of the state. Yeah, that's good. Uh-huh. You know, and, and we live in kind of our own little space. And so when you see something, that that logo is powerful. And the fact that those trucks are going all over the nation and then causing people to think about that and thinking that maybe it is happening where... Well, I think that, yeah, that's exactly the point. In my yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. Um, I took, you know, did a little research because I, human trafficking, you know, it's a, it's a much bigger topic and it's an umbrella of several other types of, of trafficking. Um, and we already know that women and girls are predominant victims of it. Um, but I have an interesting statistic here that in 2020, 10,583 situations of human trafficking were reported to the U.S. National Human Trafficking Hotline. And that involved 16,658 individual victims. And the thing to note there is that's that's just the ones that were reported. Right. Like, right. how many more are there? Yes. Um, and, you know, human trafficking is, isn't always sex trafficking. That's really what the U.S. is very focused on. Um, but forced labor is also a really big part of that. Um, and, Rhonda, I'd love it if you could talk some more about about your work with the with the... Um, Clove Alliance and Harbor House for just a few minutes. Sure. Um, Well, you're absolutely right. The number that is reported is only an infinitesimal number of what's actually going on because it's all about power and control and fear. Mm -hmm. So they are certainly um, underreporting what's really going on in the world and, and our country. Um, and, and there's many facets to human trafficking. It isn't always the stereotypical scenario that, you know, you hear about that it's, you know, foreign people who are, who are being shipped, you know, right. different places. It's, um, you know, situations where it's within a home or it's within a parent and child or, um, boyfriend, girlfriend. Right. It's not um, just strangers. It's people it's in your life. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many more times probably it's with people that you know mm-hmm. and you think you trust and then are manipulated by because they have the ability to develop power and control and manipulate you 
more than a stranger off the street would because you are tend to be more wary of strangers. Mm-hmm. So usually they've found a way to insert themselves into your life one way or another and then manipulate you into that. Um, I, I can personally say I was... Uh, made very aware of human trafficking by a particular case that I had. Um, I went to a hospital call and a female who she was here from out of state. Um, the last person you would, again, many people think have an idea of somebody who might be trafficked, but mm-hmm. she was well educated. She had just gotten in a situation beyond her control. Um, she, um, was taking care of her family and situation led her to trust people that she shouldn't have. And then they were able to control her and took her to different places and put her in situations. She ended up literally getting dumped out of a car and ending up in an ambulance and ending up in, uh, our town and, um, just horrific injuries and and i i can't i don't know whatever happened to her other mm-hmm. than hopefully the conversation that we had um helped her figure out a way to get out of her situation because um she she knew i after talking she you know she was aware of human trafficking she she was aware of you know situations but found herself in in the same scenario but that you didn't realize you were getting into until you're already in the middle of it if that makes sense yeah. mm-hmm. um so it was it was very eye opening to me that again it you just can't ever um say that this is going to happen to one particular person or one particular segment of our community mm-hmm. or anything because it can happen to your family it can happen to your friends it can happen to you Um, we just we really 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 have to do more yeah I think it's also broadening the definition of what trafficking is because as Lisa mentioned you know a lot of the times we think of sex workers and Mm -hmm. we think of that segment of it but when you look Mm -hmm. at um, issues of the forced labor, someone not being paid for their services, someone basically kept caft- captive mm-hmm. in a particular situation, that doesn't have anything to do with anything related to sex. It has to be related, as you said, with the power and the control that this person has over your life, depending on whether you're going to eat, depending on whether you can go outside, depending on whether you even exactly. see another person. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to expand that definition and make people aware of that as well, because sometimes the it, if it bleeds, it leads kind of takes over mm-hmm. instead of the things that we really can be paying attention to. Yeah, I have well, a niece and, who, and, was, who was caught up. Go ahead. Um, she was kidnapped, actually, from the the area where she lived and taken to another state. And the person just held her against her will. And some kind of way, after I would say about three months, she broke out and ran out in the street. And a car stopped and took her to the police department where she could get help. 
but her life wow. was totally on the line. Wow. And this guy, he was housing, I think, like 30 different girls, oh young girls. It was really a crazy wow. situation. Yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. that's really extreme. Yeah, yeah. it's very serious. Yeah. Wow. So, so Rhonda. Well, and that's, that's the whole, the whole point of um, the trailers on the road mm-hmm. is to just try and get people to uh, open their eyes. And if something doesn't look right, question it mm-hmm. because how many how many people would drive past that house where she was being held yeah, and right. not know any different yeah. mm-hmm. um or have even stopped if someone was in the middle of the road because mm-hmm. you um you know you don't stop for strangers right 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 that's true They're like i want to get away from this <laughs> crazy lady yeah. in the street yeah, yeah. wow so rada do you do you have a sense of, of what the impact of the campaign was and are there still trucks with the the logo's still out there, or the wraps, I should say. So I will let Steve okay. answer that question. I don't have the exact miles that they mm. have traveled. Um, they are within the Midwest states. I know Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana were states that they were going to be uh, operating in. Yeah. Um, when, when Steve and our club worked together, to um, get these trucks done, their life was going to be 10 years, oh. and it's been about six. Wow. But um, he, Steve was kind enough. Um, Pat, I don't remember if you were at that fall conference in Indiana in 2019 when we had one of the trailers there, and Steve was kind enough to actually get a trailer out of service, drive it down, and have it available for people to to oh, see awesome. at our fall conference in yeah. Indiana. Yeah, that was it just that's when it hits you because you see it going down yeah. the road and then you saw it there and it was like, oh, <laughs> it's like a gut punch. Right. In a good way. Right. Yeah. Yes. So I believe he mentioned that he was going to try to try to keep them on the road for 20 years at that. That's awesome. at that, that's oh my that God. He was going to extend it another 10 years. Um, and that's, you know, um, Again, I will, I will let him speak to that mm-hmm. um, and how many miles they have on them, wh- where they've been. I know that on social media, we've had people take pictures that um, there is one mm-hmm. that I saw, I think, in 2018. Someone had seen it in Ohio. Um, we've had some of our own members who've taken pictures, <laughs> seeing it on the highway, you know, here in Illinois, um, coming in and out of their um, their their business Mm -hmm. uh, as they travel their um, transportation um, that the location of their business is right off of I-57 here in Kankakee. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times if they'll be coming in or out of town, then um, we've had people see them. Do you think it has inspired people? I'm sorry. Do you think it has inspired people to want to know more about Zonta? Have you gotten calls like that? So we had um, a lot of different people within Zanta contact us and talk about uh, the project, um, when it, especially when it first came out. And uh, we actually went and presented, Yvonne and I did, in um, that same year at the Zanta International Convention in Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And um, we've had different people who, different clubs who have, you know, tried to put together different variations on it, like wrapping a bus or mm-hmm. uh, if you see advertising like down the side of a bus. 
Um, they've done things like that, smaller trucks, billboards. We actually did a, a billboard also with a similar uh, artwork in 2017. Um, and we we have had... Um, a lot of lot of different feedback, but again, I have to say, I, I just don't know if we'll ever know the full impact of right, what right. that going down the down the the roads and, and the expressways. Um, it's got to be. I know. I know for us, it's so moving, but it's, I would have to say it's probably pretty eye opening to someone who's never thought about what yeah. that looks like. And um, you know, the picture that's on it and I don't know if if people listening to this will will have seen it but there are places like our our Facebook page mm-hmm. or whatever where people can be directed to but there's um part of a a female's face with the eye and and it just it's so moving to actually yeah, very... envision um you know what what someone in that situation and the look of fear looks like. And it's, it's in a huge semi-trailer. I mean, it's just um, the size and scope of, of that is, is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you think about it, if you think about it, just the construction, um, when I worked for a convent, we did a billboard um, campaign and uh the way that you have to construct that, that billboard is, what, eight feet by six feet. So if you think the size of a semi-truck, mm-hmm. that woman's eye yeah, that's right. is three or four feet Yeah, it definitely in size. would catch your attention on yeah. the highway. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. The, I think the impact of this is is really immeasurable, Rhonda. And I think um, what, your, what your club has done is really impressive. Um, and as you said, it's probably hasn't quite been emulated in the same way. And I think part of that is the, is the connection and the partnership um, that you were able to make with, with, with Hookstra um, Transportation. And that's really wonderful. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So we will be talking to Steve um, next, um, next up here. Um, so Rhonda, we thank you so much for sharing um, the, the, all that you have done with Zanta and in particular, this initiative um, that has really brought the message of, of needing to stop um, violence um, and human trafficking, the issues al- along with that, that you've really brought that message to such a larger audience. And, and we are really appreciative of all that you have done. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate your your time and, and your effort to raise awareness as well. I, I think the more people that are aware, um, maybe someday yeah. will actually impact this. Yeah, we, we hope that, that talking about this on this podcast right. will be shared and that clubs, you know, not just necessarily Zonta clubs, but any civic organization can mm-hmm. can take this on and, and could do something similar. It's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. The, the more people talking about it, mm-hmm. the less people are going to be getting away with it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you could put that on the side of a truck. <laughs> well, thank you again, Rhonda, and please take care. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So now I'd like to welcome our next guest, Steve Hoekstra, who is the other person who is so instrumental in making the human trafficking awareness campaign so successful. Steve is the owner and president of Hookstore Transportation, a regional trucking firm based in Kankakee, Illinois. 
Steve, welcome to Zonta on the Move podcast. And thanks so much for talking with us today. Uh, You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, Steve, the point of today's episode is to share with the world the inspiring initiative that the Zonta Club of Kankakee did in 2016 to bring awareness to domestic violence and human trafficking. You and your company were a pivotal part of that initiative. We just were speaking with Rhonda Thomas, and she can't say enough wonderful things about you and your company and how you how you helped. Um, so tell us about your company. Well, I just like to start with saying, you know, the, the process and the, the final outcome and, and working with the Zanta group, it, it was I was very proud to be part of that. Wonderful. Um, but it was very humbling as well. So it was uh, it was an awesome experience. Um, we are, as you said, we're a regional truckload carrier. We're uh, located in Kankakee. Uh, we operate just within the Midwest to a regional carrier, Dry Van. Okay. And we operate within a 350-mile radius of Chicago. And about 85% of our, our freight is food and beverage related. So we're very heavy into the grocery and retail type distributions. Okay. So... Now tell us, why would a trucking company care about domestic violence or human trafficking? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, I, I thought I, I knew what tra- human trafficking was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I, I was ignorant to the fact of what it really was. And I always assumed it was just people that were moving around the country um, illegally that were doing it voluntarily by their own volition. Uh-huh. Uh, that was just my assumption. I know. And. And, and there's an organization we're involved with that uh, every year they have a conference in Peoria. We go to it. And there's a trailer that's been there you know, prior, I mean, probably for 10 years. It's, it's called the Freedom Drivers Project, and it's a trailer that Truckers Against Trafficking have. And I've seen it there. I'd never had any interest in going in the trailer because, of course, I knew what human trafficking was, and we weren't involved in it. We right. weren't moving people. Um, and then, you know, just I think it was actually the third or fourth year I had seen that trailer. Um Ken, the party, she was uh, the individual for Truckers Against Traffic was there. And she, I, for some reason, I, I had time to, to burn. So I went in that trailer and it literally took five minutes in that trailer to understand how wrong I was mm. and what a mistake I had made by overlooking maybe the impact that we could have as truckers. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so I, it was just, you know, I, I thought it was accidental. But it, was, it wasn't. It was it was it was divinely put there to, to for me to know this message and so once we saw that i was i came back to my office and said guys we were going to make sure that everybody in our company knows about truckers against trafficking and what is going on out there and that we have to be part of a solution so um that's that's how we got involved and it was uh it's it quite a moving experience and uh one i won't forget and uh i'm wow. glad that they took the time to keep bothering me, pestering me <laughs> to, to go through that trailer. And I, I, I just, I'm glad that we did. So, Wow, that's amazing. So how, when were you then approached by, by Zonta or somebody um, to kind of help with this campaign idea that Zonta had? Sure. Now we've got, uh, we've got a program. Whenever we buy new trailers, we like to take two trailers and for a nonprofit organization that we think might need some exposure and uh, we will oh. pay for the wrap, the installation, put them on our trailers, pull those around. And so Wonderful. we had been doing that for a couple of years. Okay. And it happened that my operations manager, Jake Lee, was on a board uh, for a center against sexual assault in Kankakee County. 
and Yvonne Chalfant was, and she's a member of Zonta. Mm-hmm. I think they were talking. This was about the same time that the Say No to Violence Against Women pro- the initiative was coming out. Right. And so this was all happening at once, and Jake knew how interested I was in this, the trafficking project. And so we started talking, and I said, Jake, we have to find a way to make this work to to get Zonta's message out there with Truckers Against Trafficking. So we just we got to work. We got both parties together, two other parties, and so the three of us put these wraps together. And what what I what was actually really fun about the project was that we when we do these for the nonprofits, we provide everything for two trailers. Okay. And the neat thing was that Zonta said, you know what, that uh, they wanted to buy one themselves, uh-huh. so they actually bought the wraps for the third trailer. So instead of the two like we have for other organizations, they they paid for the third one, so there are three trailers out there, and that was obviously demonstrated how committed they were to the project, too. So it wasn't okay. just them coming to us and saying, hey, we want this from you. We, right. we partnered, and, and we made it work uh, for the three trailers. When we talked to Rhonda, we kind of said it would almost be impossible. Um, this is Pat, by the way. Uh, it would almost be <laughs> impossible bet. for any Zonta club that we know of to have said, well, no, we would just rather have them do it. You know, we would be in there going, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, what do you need? Yeah. Because yeah, this is exactly such a such an impactful campaign and such a way to reach so many more people than we could as, for example, mm-hmm. the Joliet Club. You all are in the entire Midwest. Mm-hmm. Right. Where these trailers operate, we even though we're a short haul regional carrier, mm-hmm. these trailers will operate within the population that these trailers because of the cities that we go to. There's up to 55 million people that have the opportunity to see these trailers because wow. of where we operate in. That's so great. That's just that's a remarkable outreach, and especially when there's you know three trailers out there running around. It's just uh, there's a great opportunity for somebody to see that, and and you know and I and one of the things if they're sitting at a truck stop, you know that's where a lot a lot of times this trafficking is happening. So mm-hmm. um, you know maybe there's an opportunity for someone to see that at a truck stop, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. maybe take some initiative there to. Well, Steve, what do people say to you during that time when they see the truck? Just say you're at a truck stop, you go in, and they know that you have just um, driven the truck, and they see the messaging. What do they say to you? You know, we, as far as being the truck, and I still get out there once in a while and drive. Um, I, I, I personally haven't had anybody approach me while I've been on the road at a truck stop. But I can tell you that when we rolled these out locally, it made quite an impact um, in the local community because I got a lot of feedback from folks that were here. Was it mostly positive? Oh, all of it was positive. A complimentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, they weren't patronizing us. You know, right. I, it, was, right. it was very sincere, and I think it was very heartfelt. How do, do the truckers have to go through, um, like, a mandatory training program or something? And if so, how often? Yes, ours do. Um, when a new driver, when they start, 100% of our employees have been uh, trained through Truckers Against Trafficking okay. uh, oh, wow. for this awareness. And so whether that was, a, so all new drivers, when they go through orientation, they will receive that training. Um, there are, it's, while it's not always ongoing training, we have a, we have monthly conference calls across the company. Um, and they're called our drive calls. And it's brought up occasionally. So we keep, we try to keep it fresh. Um, and, you know, in front of the driver's minds. And so, you know, the interesting thing is that uh, all of our drivers, we, did, we received absolutely no pushback from any drivers. They were all in Wonderful. Yeah, actually, as training goes, that was the quickest round of training across the company, I think, that we've ever done. 
And if we had any pushback, we had we had pushback from one person in the office, and uh, you know she didn't understand why she had to go through this training. And um, I, I just explained to her, you know, once you find this, once you go through this, you'll understand why. And mm-hmm. she, was, she was resistant, yeah. <laughs> and then so she's, she came back the next day to me and she goes, you know, that was really something. Um, she said, I was watching it for five minutes, the training, and she stopped it. And she called her teenage daughter in to watch it with her. Oh, wow. And so <laughs> and that's how impactful it was that, you know, she made a point to tell me, that uh, it touched her and also her daughter. So mm-hmm. hopefully more of that went on too that I don't know about. Right. Um, but it was nice to get that feedback from somebody that was really resistant in, in the first place. So I have another question for you because I'm just, I guess, full of questions tonight. Um, <laughs> what, percent, <laughs> what, is, what percentage of your drivers are women? Mm-hmm. Uh, right now we've got, uh, I think it's 5%. Okay. I'm not so challenging. I'm just asking. I, yeah, no, I would, I would prefer to have more. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that's one of the things that we did when we moved into our facility. We were very intentional about uh, making facilities that would be uh, female-friendly. And when mm-hmm. I say that, having uh, segregated areas and, and where they can be comfortable being on their own. And, right. and so uh, that, that's uh, we know that women are a very, very valuable piece of the uh, driving workforce that's out there. So mm-hmm. we, we would love to have more women. Yeah. Well, I have a friend of mine that's a, a FedEx driver, and that's why I asked because, you know, it, it's just a question of also the noticing. Um, mm-hmm. And not that guys don't notice. I'm just thinking that sometimes, you know, well, women are on another wavelength. And I think that sometimes they might pick up on a situation that is so subtle that you don't notice. And th- we were talking about how. Again, you learned human trafficking isn't is is not normally just sexual. It's sometimes, you know, domestic violence related. It's yes, it is immigrant related to a certain extent, but there are a lot of pieces to it. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's that piece of awareness um, that the, that, you know, men wouldn't pick up on. And, and, mm-hmm. and one of the other things, too, that and we try to make uh, a very clear point that, you know, uh, if there's no demand, then there won't be a need for supply. Right. And we try to make sure that um, well, our drivers know it's not acceptable. Um, right. And our equipment is just not acceptable at all. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to point that out. And, and to, so maybe they're looking at it from a different perspective, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there may be different keys that both of our genders can pick up that maybe the other wouldn't. Sure. Right. Yeah. So have have any of your drivers actually been able to take action or or report something suspicious? I don't know that. I have not heard back from anybody that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really haven't inquired. And I've never right. tried to put anybody on the spot right. to, to answer that question. Sure. Um, you know, I guess one of the things, you know, from our perspective is I, I don't know if what we've done has impacted anyone or if it's resulted in, in anything being observed or called in, but I do know that if we wouldn't have done anything, that there's zero chance that yeah. it would happen. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, and that's why we continue to do that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to require training of all of our employees. And, um, and I think, and I actually, on, on this call, it's bringing something for me that we can make this part of our, our regular training for uh-huh. our drivers. So I think that's something I can take back with me. So I thank you guys for that. <laughs> <laughs> We're always happy to oblige. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. Thank you. So the um, website, if anyone out there is, if, when they're listening, want, wants to inquire, is 
Truckers Against Trafficking, T-R-A-F-F-I-C-K-I-N-G dot org, just in case somebody wants to do the Google thing. Um, do you, when you, how many miles basically do you think that this, you said 55 million people, but how many miles are we talking about? Well, so I would think through the life of these trailers, these trailers should see uh, probably about 750,000 miles. Wow. So three quarters wow. of a million miles they should see for the life of wow. these trailers. So Rhonda said originally you were thinking of just a couple of years doing this and or was it 10, and now you're looking at doing it even longer? Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, for us, we try to keep the age of the equipment fresh. We try and turn it uh, regularly. Sure. Typically for us, we try and keep trailers less than 10 years. But, uh, you know, we're going to make sure that we keep these on the road for 15. Nice. That's incredible. Nice. But you already, your company and you already have this this ethic of helping and reaching out to your community. So that's what I think really made, you know, made this topic when it came to you connect with you. Um, and I think that's a really fantastic thing. We don't know that there may be other trucking companies out there who would be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. But this is a great start because if Steve's company is willing to do this, this sets the yeah. bar yeah. for other regional companies. Um, right. And I think it's a, it might you know be kind of a, a starting point for further conversation in the trucking industry. Right. Have you ever presented what, this at a, at a conference in, in your industry? Uh, I have not. Um, have not been asked to. I'd be happy to do that. And I, yeah. I know that after we rolled this out, there were a couple of other uh, carriers that did contact me because they had contacts that knew the folks from Kankakee. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, especially when you think of this area, the Illinois Trucking Association, Midwest Trucking Association, there's a lot of us that know each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of them that, carriers that we knew uh, did reach out, and I don't think they pursued anything, and I'm not sure. Maybe, you know, maybe I need to put more pressure on them. <laughs> I don't know. We think so. Yeah, a little, a little <laughs> nudge here and there wouldn't hurt, I don't think. Steve. Yeah, I'd be glad to do that. Steve, this is Bonnie again. When you're thinking about what you're doing emotionally and when you see your drivers just, you know, going into the truck, you know, going, well, the trucks, and going out and about um, throughout the state of Illinois and et cetera, um, Emotionally, how do you feel about all this? Wow. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I guess I've never considered that's a That's a question that uh, I've never thought about. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, when I think about that, you know, it's about responsibility to mm. the public. Yeah. And the big picture is, I mean, we've got uh, – Four core values, safety, family, integrity, and teamwork. Those mm-hmm. are four core values. Safety is number one. Safety can take a lot of, that can take a lot of different looks, right? I mean, and mm-hmm. when I think of safety, that this this also includes safety, not just yeah. our safety, oh, but the safety of those around us. Right. Um, so I, 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 um, I guess I say that I'm, I'm comfortable with where we're at in terms of that, but I mean, things happen. And uh, so emotionally, I'm, I'm, Invested on the, the safety piece more than anything else in the business, mm-hmm. um, and how, in terms of how we operate, I think this is just an extension of that, kind of in a different way. Yeah, but it makes sense because your your service touches our lives. Um, we wouldn't have groceries. I mean, we can't eat if you're not on the road and you need to be safe. Your drivers need to be well trained. They need to have a good grounding and a good ethic to get their jobs done. And a lot of this 
social justice sort of um, theme with trafficking, domestic violence, whatever it is, road safety, personal safety, that all ties into being able to comfortably do your job and do it well. So. You know, and, and we think that we do um, a good job of training our folks. Yeah. Um, and I think that we we, put, we lay that foundation early on when they start with us. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. it's easy for them to accept that uh, as an ongoing part of the nature of our business, in terms yeah. specific to us. Yeah. Well, Steve, we can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day to speak with us about this. And we say bravo to you for your, you and your company for taking action, you know, on something that is often dismissed or ignored in society. Um, and we really well, appreciate you doing this. I, I, I appreciate the shout out, but I will say that again, this is <laughs> um, one of the things that, that was very humbling. Yeah. And um, I was I was taught a lesson when I took that walk to the Freedom Drivers Project mm-hmm. that and don't take anything for granted that you think you know what what is. And and so I, you know, I'm so glad I made that walk through there. I'm, I'm glad that we had the connections locally yeah. you know, with the folks in Santa and that they were willing to participate. Um, so there were a lot of things that came together at the right time. Yeah, you know, to make this happen. So uh, I'm, I, you know, probably part of it, but mostly more than anything, humbled. I hope that we're able to have a positive impact, and that somewhere along the way, that uh, somebody will, um, if if, they, if that need is there, that you know, our drivers or our office personnel, wherever they may be, that um, you know, they can do all that training and 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 do the right thing. Well, we thank you very much. Yes, we appreciate Definitely. you partnering with with our fellow Zanchans yeah. on this really important initiative. So thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for talking with us, Steve, and take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Zonta on the Move podcast. We hope you've been inspired by the Zonta Club of Kankakee's awareness campaign and partnership with Hookstra Transportation. And we hope you take this idea to your community. We can all play a role in finding solutions and ways to stop violence and end all types of human trafficking. To learn more about the impact of human trafficking and how you can help fight it, visit ZontaUSA.org slash human trafficking or visit truckersagainsthumantrafficking.org. It's an NGO that is fighting human trafficking on a global scale. Another fantastic site for for statistics, um, which break down the myths about human trafficking, is PolarisProject.org. The national hotline for human trafficking, where anyone can report suspicious activity, is 1-888-373-7888, or text BEFREE to 233-733. Thank you.
Zanta on the Move is hosted and produced by Bonnie Winfrey, Pat Perrier, and Lisa Pappas. It is engineered and edited by Alex Melkars. Zanta on the Move is recorded in the WCSF studio on the campus of the University of St. Francis in Joliet, Illinois. The views reflected in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the University of St. Francis, WCSF, University Administration, or the Catholic Diocese of Joliet.